Yes, brother, I, I, I fully understand. Yes. Well, that was why we wanted to get some clarification on what direction we needed to go in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'll do, I'll, I'll bring this to the body of elders and uh, we'll get back with you uh, once we get the draft from you brothers and uh, follow up. All right, my brother, thank you so much. And be sure to give the Bethel family our love. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let, me, let me call Brother Davis. Get him up to speed. Brother Davis, this is JT. How you doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, I tell you, it's been a busy day today. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Did a shepherding call with one of the ministerial servants and I went by to see uh, Sister Atkins and she's doing good. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get back with you uh, about the issue that we've discussed before. And it looks like it looks like we're right. It's going to get kicked back to us. It's bit. I just got off the phone with the, with the branch, just talked to one of the society's lawyers, and they conference in one of the guys from the service department. And they're, they're kicking it back to us. It's just that simple. Uh, I mean, this is really, um, this whole issue has just been so surreal. What was it, uh, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about two years ago, you know, governing body flew in. They had a special meeting with all the elders. They talked to us. They explained to us that, you know, as an organization, we were not going to get involved in no scheme. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he, he, he took out the Webster's Dictionary. He said, let me show you, brothers, what the word scheme means. God's organization does not participate in schemes. And so everybody felt good and everything. You know, he told us, you know, the, you know, the governing body member who spoke that day, he explained to all the elders there that, you know, we will not be getting involved in this thing and admitting, you know, that we are not doing things correctly like these other denominations are going to be doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is where we stand. As you know, part of this redress, the scheme, it involves publicly making an admission that we were wrong. And like I told the brother at Bethel, this is very, very difficult. You know, is this going to be an announcement that they're going to make from the branch? Or we as local elders are going to have to make it. And, you know, him and the, the brother in the legal department, they were point blank. You know, we're going to keep this local. So y'all brothers are going to have to make the announcement. And I mean, it's, it's going to be really difficult because, you know, for the last two years, we've been walking around giving talks at the assemblies, conventions, kingdom halls, you know, letting the friends know, look, if you hear something and the word abuse is used in Jehovah's people, we know it's from apostates. You know, so the apostate lies, they're just spreading lies, trying to make us look bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Remember the illustration he gave? He said, uh, what was it? He said, uh, can you imagine Jesus telling Judas Iscariot to, uh, to give money to, 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 to Caesar? <laughs> of course not. Uh, because, you know, he made the point, you know, these are dedicated funds. So how can we give dedicated funds into some scheme with the world? But here we are. So we've got to get together and come up with who's going to make the announcement. And this is going to be really difficult because we've got to go on in front of TV cameras, print media, and sit there. And while her and her lawyer, you know, Tiffany, Tiffany uh, Little and 
we're going to have to admit that we handled her case wrong. And this is really messed up because we're going to be up there with a disfellowship person who's been disfellowship for apostasy, and we up there talking about we sorry. We made a mistake. I mean, oh, my goodness. I tell you, man, I, I don't know what's going on sometimes. It's almost as if the society the organization has just left us as elders out the dry, man. I know. All right, we'll get together then. Talk to you. All right, man, be good. Bye-bye. Hey, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you, man, I can't do this anymore. After doing my research and realizing and looking at what's happening, I realized I got to make a change. And um, it's going to be up to you, man. Do your research. Ask the questions. And be willing to accept the answers, Bob. That's all I got to say. But for me, I turned my flock book in yesterday, man. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Well, we'll stay in touch. Talk to you later. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Who would have ever thought that the Watchtower would have agreed to participate in the Australian Redress Program, the scheme as is often referred to? It's very important that people understand the purpose of the Australian Royal Commission. There's a specific role, a specific thing that they were trying to accomplish. And the Watchtower has literally, for the last two years, attempted to redivert what that purpose was in that commission. And that is, they have attempted to put this issue of abuse onto the individual. When the Watchtower is asked, how do you handle this? They always say, when it comes to the police, we let the family take care of it. We let the individual, we let the individual take care of it. And they just go on and on. Then you will get actual Jehovah's Witnesses. They will repeat that. Well, it's up to the individual what they want to do. But you see, that was not the purpose of this commission. This commission had one simple purpose. They wanted to know the following. How do you, as an institution, not individual, as an institution, how do you handle this issue when it comes to your attention? That is all this commission wanted to know. And as a result, they asked the Watchtower, could you describe how you handle this as an institution and why? Why is that really an appropriate question? The answer is simple. The Australian government allows the Watchtower to operate in their country tax-free. And as a result, you owe us something. And what you owe us is to let us know that your operations are safe for children. The court was able to take a look at the Watchtower's first responders. And what did they see? They literally saw three bumbling elders. In fact, one of them had a little phrase, and I, I, it was just amazing how he kept using it over and over. He would say, we just ring the branch. We just ring the branch. And so the court is 
building up this anticipation that, okay, when you are the elders and we see that you're a little bumbling here, but you ring the branch. So the court is expecting that once we get someone from the branch on the stand, they're going to give us this insight and this in-depth program that you have that is one that perhaps we can even use as a model for other religions and other organizations to pattern after. See, years ago when the Watchtower used to do major conventions, large Yankee Stadium type conventions, the United States Army actually sent in a group of people to observe how the Watchtower put together this convention in just a matter of days. Well, this was not about to happen at this hearing. There was nothing about the Watchtower's program that this hearing and this court wanted to emulate. In fact, at one point, the judge, when interviewing one of the society's legal counsel, the head legal counsel, because of the answers they were getting, he literally read back in his seat and asked the lead counsel, he says, man, are you the top lawyer over at the Watchtower? And the reason why is because the lawyer was giving such little Mickey Mouse type responses. And you can imagine that this was really an insult to this judge because he was a lawyer. And as a lawyer, he fully understands that whoever an attorney is for a corporation, they know where all the bodies are. And so for this attorney from the Watchtower to literally play dumb, this lawyer as a judge was insulted. And so they got literally a chance to see from the very beginning, the first responders, who has first contact with a child who's been abused. This is who they saw. They saw men who had no training, men who had no background in early childhood development, psychology, nothing. And they're thinking to themselves, one of the things that you witnesses are very, very proud of, and that is all around the world, you follow the same message. So are we to conclude that what we're seeing here with these elders is the way you handle this thing around the world? Of course, the answer is yes. And that is why they ended up on this list. Of all organizations that refused to be a part of this scheme or this redress was the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. And see, this scheme or this redress was basically for three reasons. To make sure that the person could get some type of emotional counseling. Isn't that amazing? That's something the Watchtower says we don't do. Think about this. The society often says we don't tell people what to do. We don't tell them to go and get any psychological help. Yet part of the redress is to help people get psychological help. Why? Because everybody in this field understands a person who's been abused, they will definitely probably need some type of counsel. Washington says we don't even tell people to do that. Think about this. Suppose the entire family needs help. Mama, daddy, and child. And the elders are saying, well, we don't tell them what to do. How is that really a loving shepherd? So this redress will help provide people with that type of psychological counsel. Second thing is, they have to admit as an organization that they made a mistake, that they were wrong. They literally have to apologize for not taking care of these people who are part of their organization. And last, there will be some type of financial compensation. And we can understand that. Some of these people has affected their ability to even take care of themselves. Now, you would think that is what the Word of God would move someone who claims to be a true Christian, his only organization. This would be something that would automatically be a part of our program. If someone in our religion is affected, these are the things that we do. 
Why is it so ironic that once again, Satan, the devil's organization, has to put his foot on the back of the organization's neck just to make them do the right thing? That is amazing. And so this is what the court got the opportunity to see. Sometimes people ask the question, what is the difference between a righteous man and a good man? Well, the definition that most people will give is that the good man goes beyond, whereas the righteous man, he only does what is required. So if there's a person in a wheelchair and he's required to take this person two miles up the road and his house is actually three miles, the righteous man is going to say, I only have to take you three miles. You're going to have to get there the best way you can. The good man, he'll take him all the way there and help him get up the steps. And this is the same way it is with the watchtower. It's interesting that the watchtower statement that's quoted in the newspaper is that we are now required. It's interesting how that this organization of God only does what it's required to do. We hear that often repeated over and over when it comes to child molestation cases. We will only report if it's required. So there is no ever a part that says this is the right thing to do, whether the law requires it or not. And here we see it again. The watchtower is constantly kicking and screaming and being drugged all the way to where they're going. And that's what they did here. You see, the real reason that the watchtower said we will now join this scheme is because it's going to cost them. And this is very interesting. One of the things that you will notice if you look back through the Jehovah's Witnesses history, if an issue involved you and I, where we were going to suffer for it, the Watchtower told us to take the hit, take the pain. But if it involves something where the organization is going to take the hit, the Watchtower has no problem revising the rules. We saw that in the case of blood in Bulgaria. They revised the rules. We're not going to disfellowship anyone. Of course, they moved it over to disassociating. And because the Bulgarian government, like most governments, didn't understand it, they got the same result. We saw with alternative service. Once they couldn't get into certain countries, they changed the rules. They didn't care about the people who were suffering. They just couldn't get into that country then. And the same here. The moment they told them, we're going to take your tax-exempt status, they caved in. And I want you to think about this. Russell made this statement. He said that when all the funds dry up and we don't have any money, we will know it's time for us to pack it up and take it home because God is finished. Is it not interesting that they would not test God and find out, is it time to pack it up and take it home? You would have thought they would have fought this all the way to the Supreme Court of Australia, and they would have decided even if we lose, we are not going to concede that we are doing anything wrong and we're not going to just turn over dedicated funds to you. But they didn't do that. They didn't even fight. There are literally children of Jehovah's Witnesses in first and second grade who put up a stronger fight for what they believe than the Watchtower did in this case. It is as if the lawyers told them, we don't have much of a chance, and they just caved in. So one of the things that we find very unique about the Watchtower, they're always changing the rules. And we just want to be very honest. 
A lot of people are going to look at this who are Jehovah's Witnesses. And there are going to be some where they're going to look at this and it's going to cause them to take that step back and ask those critical thinking questions. Unfortunately, as we will shortly see, family, friends, people we know and love, we may think if we present this to them, this is going to be their aha moment. Well, we're going to tell you that is one of the characteristics of a high control group or a cult. They will continue to make any excuse that they can for the organization. So time is going to be interesting as passes by and see exactly what happens. So all we can do is offer people an opportunity to see things that can help them to determine, is this where I need to be? And at that point, you step back. Don't get bent out of shape if your family and friends, even if you show them what's happening after they've denied having any problems. Because one of the things that this redress requires that they do is they have to be willing to admit they were wrong. Can you imagine that? In the skit that we showed, an elder was discussing that very dilemma where now the organization is going to have to admit that they were wrong. Can you imagine admitting that you were wrong to a person that you also disfellowship all because they kept on saying, you have mishandled my case? This is an organization that does not really care about its people. It only cares about itself. This has been JT. Hey, this is Lady C. Thank you for tuning in to The Critical Thought. We appreciate having you in our audience. Not only that, but we invite you to subscribe to our channel and be sure to hit that bell so that you can receive notifications when we upload new content. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and give us a thumbs up if you like this video. Thank you for being in our audience. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.